Hi, it's Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode number 11 of the Speaking Club podcast. I said to an engineer once, what's the lowest point you've ever experienced in a presentation? And he said, I used Arial 6 on my slides once. I started this podcast for two reasons, because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello and welcome to the show. Now, in this show... I want to take a look at how you can make technical or abstract information more accessible and engaging for your audience. But even if you're not a scientist, engineer, IT person or technical guru, stay tuned because the tips I'm sharing will help any presentation pop. So in my career, I've spent a fair amount of time working with scientists, IT specialists and engineers. And I've met some of the cleverest people, including the scientist who made Dolly the sheep, the first cloned animal. I'm not going to lie, I was a bit underwhelmed. She looked just like a sheep. I think they missed a trick there. I think I'd have spiced things up a bit, given her a purple wall or a bark instead of a bar. I reckon if they'd have done something like that, she might have got her own Disney show. Anyhow, in my experience, if you're a technical expert... You can feel like you're under extra pressure when you're doing a presentation. And that's primarily because you think you've got to demonstrate your competency through your message. The problem is this can lead to detail-rich, complex and lengthy presentations that are not only fail to get you the result you want, but can leave your audience wanting to poke their eyes out with cocktail sticks. The thing is, that given the importance of science, technology and engineering in the world today, and with the advent of things like blockchain and cryptocurrencies, I can't turn around at the moment without finding out about Bitcoin. I'm still not 100% sure about it. But anyway, it's likely that technical people are going to be increasingly asked to share and explain their ideas to get investment, I mean, if nothing else. And there's also been times in the past where the failure of a technical person to get their message across has led to catastrophe. Let me give you an example. Back in 2003, NASA engineers gave briefing on an upcoming space flight and buried in the detail of one of the slides was an indication that the wing of the space shuttle, Columbia, could be damaged during takeoff. And on the 1st of February 2003, seven astronauts were on that same space shuttle when it blew up on re-entry to the Earth's atmosphere. All of them lost their lives. Accident investigators concluded that the damaged wing had contributed to the explosion and that poor communication had caused this vital piece of information to get overlooked. The NASA engineers weren't able to get their message across. They failed to make it simple to understand. But let's face it, communicating complex ideas is a challenge that we all face as communicators and and speakers. But it's our responsibility to understand our subjects so thoroughly that we can make it simple and clear enough for our audience to understand. And the good news is 
that there are tools and techniques that can help us. Now, as usual, though, everything starts with your purpose and your audience. And this is where my speak framework can help you. Um, I covered it off in a previous episode and I'll put a link to it again in the show notes. But basically, the bottom line is you need to be clear what you want the presentation to do. Is it just to increase understanding? Is it to get approval for a project? Get a project through a gateway? Change behavior? Make a sale or something else? Then you need to think about the audience. Is that's going to affect what and how you present? And I think myself that knowing who you're talking to is as important as knowing your topic. Here are some questions to ask yourself when you're thinking about the audience you're going to be presenting to. What are their backgrounds? What do they all already know about the subject you're talking about? How much context are you going to have to explain? Will they understand basic jargon? What's their position or interest in relation to the subject? And how will your presentation affect them? Now, having got your purpose clear and a baseline for where your audience is at, it will help you work out what's important for you to include in the talk to make your case successfully and what you need to leave out. And I think it's really important to say here that one of the key differences between great presenters and poor presenters is that great presenters only keep in their talk what is important to the audience rather than what's important to them. I never forget hearing the expression once you have to kill your darlings sometimes. And I think, you know, this is where you need to kill those darlings. Only keep in what is essential for the audience to know in order to get what you're doing. The next thing you need is an attention grabbing opening. That actually sounds a bit, that's probably just me. It's a good job we're not playing innuendo bingo today. I I call these attention grabbing openings my lightning bolts. Uh, And normally I say you need one at the beginning and the end of your presentation to open and close. And in these lightning bolts, I call them that because I want you to shock the audience. Not in a get your clothes off and run around the stage way, although depending on the subject of your talk, that might be legitimate, albeit career limiting uh, an opening. We need something that shows the audience that what you're going to say is something worth listening to and that they'll miss out on something good if they don't put their phones down and pay attention. And there are many, many ways you can open a talk. And I could probably do a whole show on this and I may well do, but some of the best ways to open are, are these. A challenging question, a provocative statement, a story or something visual. But let me give you a few examples to get you thinking. A question opening. So you need to use questions that will get your audience thinking or and or challenge their beliefs. Now, there's a chap called Apollo Robbins, and I'm going to put a link to his TED talk in the show notes. And he asked this question at the start of his TED talk. Do you think it's possible to control someone's attention? Even more than that, what about predicting human behavior? And Apollo Robbins is a world famous pickpocket. And this is a great question because it transitions brilliantly into the heart of his talk about the art of misdirection, but also is a really sort of curiosity peaking question, makes you think. And then there's the statement opening. Now, I reference in my book, Cracking Speech, made this one particularly as an economist. So, you know, 
not a comedian or anything, a guy called Larry Smith is an economist and a professor. And he was doing a talk uh, to a, a TED talk again. So lots of aspirational people in the audience. And he opened his TED talk with, I want to discuss with you this afternoon why you're going to fail to have a great career. What a fantastic opening and what a great you know, demonstration of knowing your audience. He knew he was going to have a lot of aspirational people there and asking that question, why you're going to fail to have a great career is just going to like make them sit up and go, huh, what? Uh, brilliant. I love that one. It's bound to drag the audience in and he's, his TED Talk has got a fantastic amount of views. Then there is a story. That's a, a good opening. Um, now I have another example from a chap called Dan Pink, also another TED Talk. And this was his opening uh, of his talk. I need to make a confession at the outset here. A little over 20 years ago, I did something that I regret, something I'm not particularly proud of, something that in many ways I wish no one would ever know. But here, I feel kind of obliged to reveal. This is kind of like a statement and a story and talk about insight curiosity. The whole audience are wrapped like like I would have been hanging on to his next word wanting to find out what he'd done and if you have a look at the link in the show you'll find out what happens next then another story opening this time by a guy called Rick Elias and it's another TED talk as well this was his opening imagine a big explosion as you climb through 3,000 feet imagine a plane full of smoke imagine an engine going click 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 it sounds scary. This is another story opening and it puts the audience right slap bang in the middle of the action. And basically Rick Elias was a plane crash survivor. And my last example is of a visual one. And it was a talk done by a chap called Derek Sivers, who Silvers actually, um, who was an entrepreneur. Uh, he founded a company called CD Baby, which you might have heard of. And this was actually from a three-minute talk, a very short talk he did, uh, called How to Start a Movement. And this was like a piece of video, and it showed this bare-chested guy dancing on his own in a really sort of weird way on a, a, a sort of hilltop where there was lots of other people around picnicking. And he was dancing on his own and people were staring at him. And then one person got up to join this bloke. And then gradually more people joined and it got to a tipping point where you looked more odd if you didn't join than if you did. And uh, he was doing this talk on how movements really get started. And it was a brilliant opening. It made people laugh. It was funny. It was visual. And it actually provided the background to the whole of his talk. So... Just like the reason stories are so powerful in presentations, so many of these lightning bolt openings work because they connect to the human emotions of the audience. Um, they sort of make people have reactions like awe, surprise, curiosity or fear. And something that you, you learn if you do a lot of marketing is that people are more motivated, more motivated by fear and missing out than they are of gaining something which is an interesting thing to know. So after you've got the audience paying attention, you need to keep them engaged. And just like a comedian, you need to lead with your strongest material. Now, in your talk, depending on the length of it, but you know, maybe like a 15 minute presentation, you probably have three, between three and five key messages in your presentation. And the aim 
is to illustrate, emphasize, and revisit these three key messages in different ways so they're understood and remembered. But the best stuff you've got goes first. And don't worry about establishing your credibility. You can do that throughout the talk. Um, the audience is more interested in what you can do for them than in hearing about you. And I see that uh, mistake made quite a lot. So open your talk and then, you know, as appropriate, mention things that are relevant about you that support what you're going to be talking about. And keep this in mind constantly about the audience. Every piece of content that you use needs to link back to the audience's needs. Because like in every presentation, it's not about you. It's about your message. You are just the vehicle to get the message across. And if your message happens to be technical, data-rich message, it's still about the audience. Um, when you're putting your presentation together, try and see your subject through their eyes rather than yours. It's really difficult, you know, when, you've got, when you're an expert and you come at things with an expert mindset, you're not going to give people the things that they need to understand your message if they haven't got that same level of understanding as you. One of the most powerful ways to show the audience it's about them and to keep them engaged is to use the magic word, you. The more that you can make it sound like a conversation between you and one person, the better your presentation is going to be. And you just make it, you know, more about them than you. And now we come to the meat and potatoes of this issue. Because I can, I can hear you thinking, yeah, that's all very well. But I've still got a shed load of technical details that I need to get across. And trust me, if you can put yourself in the shoes of your audience and use a bit of creativity, any subject, no matter how dry, can be made exciting and engaging. Think of it as a problem to be solved. Engage your imagination and I promise you, you can make it interesting and compelling. At this point, I'm going to get back on my old storytelling soapbox. If I've successfully established that an effective presentation is one that engages the audience and makes the message compelling, then it stands to reason that stories are a great vehicle to use to explain your data and bring it to life to people for people so that they can buy into your message. Let me share a real life example from my last corporate job. I call it my cups story. I was working as head of HR and we were being encouraged to take cost out. Surprise, surprise. Um, we provided free tea and coffee to our employees, but I noticed the bill coming in every month for paper cups that was costing us on average about 550 quid a month. Like over the years, quite a lot of money. So I thought it would be more sensible to issue branded travel cups that people could reuse and we'd save you know, a fair amount of money per year. Now I could have just gone with that message, that's fairly compelling and it probably would have been fine. But knowing my audience, who could be a little bit feisty, I thought, what might work better in getting them to buy into the change was to lead with some other statistics first and make a story around the message and position it slightly differently. So I jumped on Canva, which is a free tool. Um, I can include a link to Canva in the show notes as well. If you don't know about it, it's a brilliant tool for you creating logo slides, social media graphics and so on. And I used Canva in this instance to create an infographic. 
Now, for those of you that haven't come across these, they're basically a graphic meant to be looked at on a computer and they've got visuals and information. So I created this infographic and I called it protecting our planet in our own little way. Now, this graphic started by explaining that on average across the site, we'd been using 15,000 paper cups per month. And then under the next subtitle called Habitat Impact, it said that one paper cup caused 0.07 square meters of trees to be lost. So for 15,000 cups, that was 1,050 square meters of trees or between 500 to 1,000 trees being cut down per month just so we could have these paper cups. Then I went on to cover CO2 emissions that were used in making the cups and finally and lastly cost. Putting that story in context around that change helped people to visualize the bigger positive impact of the change that we're making and it gave them some digestible facts to take away and share. And uh, it, it went quite well. They were quite happy about doing something for the environment and, and it was a good thing to do besides obviously saving some cash for the business. And the best speakers and communicators create stories out of data. Now, case studies and examples are another way to make the data interesting and compelling. At the same, the same company that I was at, the guys on the shop floor were making wires and cables for aeroplanes but a lot of them were disengaged and partly because they didn't see their work as important. And often in business, if there is a disconnect between what the employee is doing and them appreciating the impact of their work, that, that does lead to disengagement. So they got data about the numbers, numbers of cables that they produced per year, but that's boring. There's nothing that you can relate to there. But that same data in the context of how many planes they kept safely in the air or using a case study of a passenger that was maybe um, scared of flying, but the fact that they had that multimedia system and can watch their favorite films made the journey bearable. And, and that was something that they'd helped to build. And that has the potential to make things more relatable and more engaging not not just in presentations but when you're you know if you're a manager in a business or a leader communicating with your team stories are fantastic ways of of getting engagement so if your conf, if your information is really complex or highly abstract then another way if you can't use a case study or an example is a thing that you can use is a vivid metaphor or an analogy. Now, a guy called Russell Brunson, who you may have heard of, he's a marketing genius, I love him. He calls this the kind of like bridge. Because um, you're saying there's this thing which is really complicated, but it's kind of like something else which isn't complicated and that people can relate to. So you need to ask yourself the question, what, what is this thing like? In another context, what would it be like? Is it like something in nature or something in music or football or, I don't know, films, movies? Um, use your imagination. Great teachers really understand this, especially with little ones where their ex you know, experience of the world is limited and they have to make things relate back to something that the child might have come into contact with. Um, and they give metaphors and analogies all the time to help these children begin to understand the theories and ideas that they've got to master. I like to use the com cosmic calendar as an example here. So I, I didn't know what the cosmic calendar was, but I had a look. And uh, the, basically the cosmic calendar 
It's kind of like a normal calendar, except that they've mapped the whole 13.7 million billion years of our universe onto a year. And where the Big Bang happened is at midnight on 1st of January, and today is midnight on December 31st. So the cosmic calendar is kind of like a normal calendar, but with just a little bit of a twist. So I hope you found that useful so far. I'm just going to wind it up for you now. So for you to achieve your presentation goals, it's critical that you can make technical information accessible and engaging for your audience. And firstly, you need to make sure you're clear on the purpose of your presentation and you know the audience you're going to be speaking to. Then you need an attention grabbing lightning bolt opening and you should then follow that with your best material throughout your presentation to link into your key messages, use stories, case studies, metaphors or analogies and that kind of like bridge to bring your data to life for the audience. But the most important point I want you to take away from today's show is that you need to see your subject through the eyes of your audience. Your goal is to provide genuine value to them, to give them uh, the additional context that they need to understand why your data is so important. And doing this will increase your audience's engagement and it will help them to retain and understand the material and probably want to make them want to share it too, because who doesn't like to look like a brain box down the pub? But yeah, and, and also it will help you achieve your goals. So that's it this week. I hope you did find that useful. And if you did, please feel free to leave a comment uh, about it or a rating review. And if you're a new listener, why not subscribe? Next week, we're going to be starting our TED Talk themed month. I have to be careful, that's a bit of a tongue twister. And I've got some fantastic guests coming on the show. So do subscribe if you want to find out more about how to do a TED Talk, you know, what you need to be able to, to say or present to do a TED Talk, or tips for finding your idea, for spreading the word when you've done it, and lots, lots more. But in the meantime, all that's left for me to say is for you to have a fantastic week. And don't forget to grab life by the nuts and get cracking. If you want to discover how to create a killer pitch that makes you or your business stand out from the crowd, then you'll want to grab your copy of my book, Straight to the Top. It will help you clarify your USP, your business story, who your target market is, and what will make them buy. You'll discover how to get the edge on the competition and position your offer for success. You'll also get proven elevator and investor pitch frameworks to use for maximum impact. To get the book for free, plus lots of extra bonuses, you just pay shipping and handling, go to standoutpitch.com today.